Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome to the Digital Transformation Podcast. Interviews with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives all driving today's digital success. This is the show that will help you take advantage of digital transformation to build your business and career. I'm your host, Kevin Crane, and I'm so pleased that you're listening. Our guest today is Arvind Swamy. Arvind is a director at Red Hat, and he leads the financial services vertical for Red Hat in the Asia-Pacific region. Arvind works with financial institutions on innovative solutions to help them become more agile, and more responsive to customer needs by leveraging open source technologies. Now, open source software development is the process by which open source software, whose source code is publicly available, is developed into working applications. And Arvind has been at the forefront of the shift towards open architecture. And that's what we're here talking about today, open source culture and how banks and financial services organizations have embraced it and been successful. So Arvind, Welcome to the show. Now, the power of open source is driving innovation and digital transformation in nearly all industry verticals. What are the benefits of open source development for financial organizations today? Let me start by throwing some numbers because numbers speak for themselves. This comes from a BCG report, um, which was... Uh, about why there's a need for open source strategy. And the numbers are huge. Um, they talk about in 2020, um, over 56 million developers worked on 140 million projects um, listed on GitHub. And GitHub is a leading platform for open source uh, software collaboration. Uh, this led to about 1.9 billion contributions. That's huge. Now, what I'm trying to highlight here is in the past, we were reliant on uh, software vendors um, who were more proprietary in nature, had their own IT development arm. The numbers I'm talking about, no software vendor can match in terms of scale. So what that means is the level of contribution, not just coming from one geo, but coming from global is massive. And which means it fuels innovation. There's a lot of new contribution coming in that space. Um, what this is also is not just from a contribution, but um, what they say is shared problems are solved faster. So if somebody raises something that this needs to be a new piece of work that needs to be done, it comes into it. Or somebody raises that a fix needs to come in, it comes into it. So <clears throat> this is what I wanted to highlight is that the scale is huge, which is driving innovation. Now, why is it important? Um, you mentioned about financial services industry, and it's very close to me. Um, what has happened in the financial services industry, if you look at it in the last four or five years, there's a lot of disruption. Uh, geographic boundaries have um, you know, fallen. Industry boundaries have fallen. There's been a lot of disruption from new startups, fintechs. What has this done? These fintechs have leveraged technology as a means 
to drive this dis- disruption. Uh, let me give you an example. And this is a classic one where um, we look at um, financial institutions offering not product, but service. So you are a customer, you're looking for a mortgage. So how does a cycle sign? You look at um, home um, sales sign, you take a photograph, you send it to your uh, real estate agent. Um, your real estate agent looks at it, says, yes, it's offered by us. They go on, do a check on the valuation. You look at the property. Now, this is where all of this could be integrated in one application. And what happens then? You go to the third party, you get a valuation done. You come back, you go to a bank, you say, this is the property I'm looking at. Bank says, give me your risk profile, give me your uh, background. You provide that through your credit rating agency. You look at uh, the uh, property's valuation through third party. The bank looks at all of that, looks at your profile, looks at your, um, you know, how much you're uh, available from a mortgage perspective, and then it can disperse the loan out to you. And then you continue your relationship from a payment perspective. All of this can be constructed as a single experience through technology. And this does not necessarily have to come through a bank doing everything, but it is more bank fronting everything as a service provider and then you can source through um, open apis um, uh, data from a credit scoring from a valuation from various other sources from a repayment to a third party for procuring that uh, you know property so all of this can be a holistic experience and this is what has changed Consumers are driving um, uh, businesses to move away from singular product offering to a more holistic experience. And this can be achieved through technology. And that's where um, open source comes in because a lot of the um, innovation can be driven through that. And maybe later on, I'll give you examples of how technology comes in as an underlying component for these pieces. So specifically, how does open source development help financial institutions do that? The example I gave you, what are we looking at? We're looking at an application, which is customer interaction. You're looking at connectivity, which means that not just a bank opening up its system to be able to provide some data to a third party, but also being able to consume data from third party, let's say for credit scoring. So that's the second piece of it. The third piece of it is that you could be looking at your traditional uh, disbursement core engine sitting on premise. You could be looking at this application sitting in a cloud environment. You could also be catering for multiple geographies where you would be offering this facility as a bank. But you could also be looking at, hey, in, in two years time, this will scale through. And the number of transactions we go through exponentially. So I need to have that flexibility. So what are you looking at? You're looking at a development layer. You're looking at an integration layer, open integration layer. You're looking at scalability, elasticity from transaction throughput point of view. What comes into picture? Development layer uh, could be something like um, a platform, which is agnostic of where your systems lie. So it could be on-premise, it could be um, in private cloud, it could be in public cloud, it could be in multi-cloud. You're looking at open APIs to be able to not just open your system, but also reverse consume all of these things. 
you're looking at a hybrid multi-cloud setup so as to be able to provide scalability elasticity all of this kevin is underpinned by open source and and this is where it comes in that the holistic experience that you're providing is through all of these components of various open source technologies and how is this playing out in the asia pacific region are there differences in the way it might be playing out here in the states um i would say and and uh, let me say one thing here um and it's not controversial um a lot of people say that is open source accepted M my point of view is open source is mainstream if you would have asked me this question four years ago, uh, five years ago, I, I would have given a different answer. And we've been as Red Hat in open source area for 27 plus years. A lot of institutions, to be really honest with you, Kevin, don't realize that they've been using open source for a very long time. A simple example is Linux. Um, Linux has been around for a very long period of time and financial institutions have been using it for a very long time. Um, when talking about Linux, currently 75% of public workloads, or rather this is an old data, 2020, this is the same BCG report I was talking about, 75% of public workloads in 20, uh, cloud workloads in 2020 were on Linux. And, and this was expected to grow up to 85%. So this just gives you an example of the scale and how open source is in there. Um, to your second question on how um, it has been helping Asia or how mainstream it is, I would say this has grown exponentially in the last of four or five years. And it is no different, I would say, in all geographies, uh, EMEA, um, Europe, Middle East, Africa, Americas, Asia Pacific, a lot of financial institutions see open source as a means to be able to innovate, to provide better service from a business standpoint, um, better outcome, um, fulfilling it. So open source has become a very strong enabler. There, there is another component to it, uh, which I would like to highlight, uh, which we call uh, open source has led to democratization of technology. In the past, um, a lot of uh, uh, technology was available through specific vendors. It was limited in markets. This has changed. Technology open source is available. Upstream is available for anybody to download. So you can experiment with it. You can try things out with it. And that's what a lot of institutions are doing. It's only when it comes to, hey, I want to put something live in production. I need something which is enterprise grade. So this is where something like a red hat comes in. We take the upstream technology, we harden it, we test it, we make it um, an enterprise grade for financial institutions to use in a production environment. But the upstream is available. So a lot of experimentation is happening. The second thing is because open source is community driven, it's not IP based, the upstream. So that also allows the huge cost element, which was which the traditional proprietary vendors were uh, using to go down significantly. So this has led to a democratization of technology. That means that technology is now available to almost anybody. Do you want to be a guest on the Digital Transformation Podcast? Well, it could happen when you join our Knowledge Leadership Circle. 
Tell us about your ideas and advice. What technologies and solutions do you recommend? And how can our listeners benefit from your approach? Be a guest. Find out more at digitaltransformationpodcast.net slash guest. You're listening to the Digital Transformation Podcast. We are speaking with Arvind Swamy, and we're talking about open source culture and how banks and financial services organizations around the world have embraced it and been successful in their digital transformation initiatives. Now, Arvind, you mentioned that open source is mainstream now. One concern perennially about open source is security and integration of systems. What do enterprise leaders need to know about open source software when it comes to security? So I would like to highlight two things, and it's a common um, myth um, that comes in when it comes to open source that uh, there are security issues. The first thing I'd like to highlight, which was at the earlier part of my conversation, that there are so many different eyes which look at it. There's so many different people contributing it. And um, the point I made uh, early on in the conversation that when you have shared problems are solved faster, which means that um, at, at the initial stage itself, contributors, there's so many people reviewing it that it's very unlikely something gets through. But even if something gets through, there's so many people who are further contributing to fix it. So that, that's a big thing that we see from uh, how open source has evolved from the traditional where you had a small IT department which was developing it and then a small another department looking at maintenance of it. This has gone to a different scale, which means that anything which comes through gets fixed much faster. So that's that's the first thing I'd like to highlight. The second thing is, um, and and I just want to call this out is, uh, financial institutions. I said earlier have been using this for a very long time, and they've experienced it, and and they are comfortable. I'll give you an example in Singapore. Um, Singapore DBS Bank is one of the largest financial institutions. Um, it, it it has been using open source for a very long time. 2017, it won the Red Hat Innovation Award for using open source. And the reason I'm highlighting this is, Kevin, is this is the piece I was talking about is open source is mainstream. 2017 is five years ago. And since then, they've been on a big journey of transformation, looking at various elements within their system, how they can leverage it how they can use open source in different ways. And and this is not just about a cost takeout. A lot of it has been about innovation because they position themselves as a digital bank. And they have been receiving a lot of accolades, awards over and above. Uh, the, the bank has got um, what they call an imaginative acronym of, um, they, they look at the Lord of the Rings and they look at the character Gandalf. And they say it's like they want to emulate the Googles, Amazons, the Netflix, the Apple, the LinkedIn and Facebook of the world. And they think that the D in Gandalf is DBS Bank. So they want to be up there and they see open source as one of the big uh, pieces which will help them drive innovation and get there like all of these other um, uh, the Gandalf characters that I named out would have done that in the past. Well, as you mentioned, open source has been a trend that has been emerging for a number of years now. And of course, many organizations are adopting cloud-based solutions and approaches. Help us understand the aspects to consider when embracing an open hybrid cloud strategy. How does open source fit in? 
So the piece I like to highlight there, uh, Kevin, is um, this is interesting. And a lot of people think that you throw a piece of technology and the problem is solved. It's not the case. Technology is an enabler. You have to look at various other aspects um, as you're trying to solve the problem. The first thing comes with customer first. What is the problem that you're trying to solve? The second thing comes is open source um, uh, technology uh, provides a lot of agility and you need to drive that within your system. Um, you also need to understand that this is linked to processes. Um, way of working in open source is very different from your traditional technology. A classic example, you ask any um, um, implementer, they will say that agile way of working using Scrum versus the traditional waterfall model, they're too different. So what I'm saying here is when you take the new technology, you also apply the right processes along with it. You look at people, skills. As technology has been moving fast, um, there's a degree of dearth of skills available in the market, so which means that you sh should make sure that you have the right skills, you have the right ecosystem, which you can tap into it, and you can bring those skills to the teams. You should also look at the right architecture. We spoke a lot about cloud. We have seen a lot of people just jump into the cloud bandwagon. But you really need to understand what is the outcome, what is the business outcome you're trying to drive and how, um, like technology, cloud as an enabler will help you get there. So you need to look at that also. That what, what are you trying to achieve? The right architecture, which is cloud native, does not necessarily have to reside in cloud, but could re reside in on-premise also. So this is also where you're looking at um, a hybrid or a multi-cloud setup. That also means that a lot of financial institutions in this part of the world already have a huge landscape of legacy technology, which they can't just get rid of. So looking at that as an architecture, then looking at security and resilience, it becomes a big factor because when you put a piece of technology, the application piece, the customer experience piece I was talking about earlier, Kevin, um, it does not reside in isolation. You have a lot of other applications within a financial institution, and some of them could be really legacy so how are you ensuring that your end-to-end -end delivery is secure from a security point of view and resilience point of view and and then the last piece is when you look at this from a business point of view is also looking at the ecosystem what are your other providers from a business perspective are you looking at providing everything or you're looking at third party providing everything in the example i mentioned the credit scoring could come from a third party the valuation property valuation com could come from a third party. So how are you looking at means of consuming these third party um, data sources and integrating in your uh, experience? So all of this has to be kept in mind. And it's very important, Kevin, that uh, to highlight that a piece of technology is not going to fix the problem. You need to first understand what is the business outcome you're trying to try and then look at all of these elements in supporting it. Well, indeed, let's shift our gears a bit to talk about digital transformation and in, in its overall sense. Our, our listeners often comment that it is difficult to translate the promise of digital transformation with real world application and achievements. What is your advice to overcome that gap? What digital transformation efforts should we target that will make a difference? So I, I would go back to the previous, um, the points I mentioned, but the most important thing is what is the business outcome you're trying to achieve? Technology is an enabler. So 
first identifying what is the problem what is your customer problem what is the problem statement you're trying to address and then slicing it into smaller components the important thing to understand here kevin is and and i again use the example of financial institutions a lot of these institutions have been there for 30 40 years they built a huge landscape um are, are we asking as part of digital transformation for them to stop their business and transform everything that is not possible so what it means is identifying what you need to achieve, look, slicing it into small components, trying to see which ones you need to do now, which ones you need to do it as a journey over a period of time. Uh, let me take the example of uh, open banking, open APIs again. Um, here, you're looking at exposing your business capabilities to third parties. For example, you're trying to provide a payment service to a merchant so that as they do a transaction, they can consume your APIs and do a payment transaction. Now, you can expose it, but where does it actually come from? It comes from your core application. Core application, there might be limitations. So you could do the exposing part earlier, but over a period of time, you have to make sure that your core applications, your core systems are also transformed such that they can keep up with the pace. So what I'm trying to highlight here is understand your business outcomes, understand what you're trying to achieve, slice it into smaller components some of them would be more fast moving in terms of fixing some of them have to be done over a period of time do you want to get into podcasting but don't have the time technology or expertise to get it done maybe you want to create a podcast for your company or feature a happy customer in an audio interview of their own my audio podcasting services give voice to your success and expertise so if you like what I do, why not let me do it for you? Find out more at cranegroup.com. That's C-R-A-I-N-E, cranegroup.com. You're listening to the Digital Transformation Podcast. We are speaking with Arvind Swamy with Red Hat. We're talking about open source, open source culture, and how banks and other organizations have embraced it and been successful. Arvind, can you give us an example of one banking or financial services organization or use case that you feel has been particularly successful using an open source approach? What did they do? What were the results and how can we do it too? Um, I, I earlier gave you the example of DBS. Let me pick up something with the, which is also in this market. Um, we, we are looking at... <clears throat> Um, how I was talking about democratization of technology, and I'll use that as an example, that how a, a payment player, which is called Asin Money, um, it is Southeast Asia's largest financial technology company. It operates across the region, headquarters in Thailand, offices in Vietnam, Philippines, Cambodia, Myanmar, and Indonesia. And the aim was to look at financial inclusion. And the other reason I take this example is because this is also showing how open source technology is helping make people's life better. This was about financial inclusion in Asia. And Asset Money's True Money e-wallet app uh, supports things like bill payments, uh, mobile top-ups, money transfers, online and offline payments. A lot of it catering to their market, which is also the migrant um, uh, people who are looking at transfers of money back and forth from different countries. And th as the user base um, expanded, um, Asen was looking at, um, uh, they were looking at challenges, how to address all of these capabilities that they're offering in the multiple market. And they turned to open source. And the key thing there was uh, being a financial institution, uh, providing financial capabilities 
trust was an important factor. So the piece you talk about security and resilience, they had to make sure. Um, being a regulated in the industry, they also had to make sure that they're complying to all the regulations in terms of availability of service, in terms of no breaches. So, and, and the last piece they were looking at was ability to manage all of the uh, systems across all of these countries. And they turned to open source. And what, what it did was for them provide a very good application, a platform to build the application and continue with the service across this. Not getting into the technical details, but I like this example simply because this is where we're talking about technology available across everywhere, which wasn't the case in the past driving innovation, and more importantly, helping make people's life better. Well, Arvind, we have reached the action item round of the show. For our listeners who may be considering using open source as a cornerstone for some of their strategies, can you please provide us with three quick action items that our listeners can do to begin to take advantage of your ideas and advice? So let me start with um, be open to open source. It has already been there in your uh, um, landscape. Um, understand how you need to leverage it to drive your business outcomes. That would be the first one. The second one, uh, the couple of times in the conversation, Kevin, you mentioned about open source culture. It's very important to drive. And what I'm trying to get at there is um, in the upstream community, there's a lot of collaboration that happens. Uh, there's a lot of community-based work that happens. And this is the same culture we need to drive as we're deploying new technologies. They cannot be done in an isolated silo manner. So that's the second piece I would say. And the third piece I would say is, um, this is slightly controversial. Don't throw a piece of technology and expect it to solve your problem. Um, understand how you want to use it and what business outcome it will try for you. We've seen in a lot of cases, Kevin, people will say, hey, I've taken this shiny piece um, and I'm done with it. It'll solve everything for me. But all the way from the right stakeholder, uh, bringing the right people, right skills, right processes, and then delivering it, all of these components are important. Arvind, it's been great speaking with you today. We're almost out of time, but before I let you go, one last question. What should financial services executives be thinking about now and strategizing for today in order to be prepared for the world in five years' time? Things are evolving, Kevin. It's very difficult um, to look at the uh, magic ball and predict five years from now. Two years ago, nobody would have thought the impact of pandemic. But what, what I would say is uh, the lessons, the, I would go more to the lessons the pandemic ha uh, have given to us. Uh, make sure you're agile in all forms, business model as well as technology. What that helps you is ability to pivot to changes and allows you, um, your IT to cater to dynamic business environments. I would say that would be the best, most important thing all financial institutions would be uh, should be looking at. The second piece I would say is uh, look inside your business. There are a lot of opportunities and a simple example of that is data. Um, there's a huge amount of data that you have. Um, use it, make use of it to drive a lot of outcomes, uh, personalized services that will help you in the longer term. But to me, the bigger one is the agility piece. That is Arvind Swamy from Red Hat. You can find him and find out more at redhat.com. Arvind, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Digital Transformation Podcast. 
Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me, Kevin. That'll do it for this episode of the Digital Transformation Podcast. But join me next time when I continue to talk to best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top chef executives, all driving today's digital success. And I'll talk to you next time on the Digital Transformation Podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.